Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. We're all going to die. Schools are closing. Stores are closing. Coffee shops are closing. Your work is closing its doors. They're telling you to go home until further notice. Churches are closing. Yes, even churches are closing. No more services provided. What the F is going on, BC Nation? Maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what's happening? Are we all going to die? We're living in a time right now where two to three weeks ago, everything was fine. Life was just going on day after day, and it was good. And here we are just a matter of weeks later, and the world is in a global fear pandemic. Global fear spreading from nation to nation, coast to coast. Nothing stopping it, just spreading. And maybe you're sitting there wondering, like many of us are wondering, are we all going to die? I want to read something to you, and I'm not the source of this, but I felt it was so well-written and that I wanted to share it with you. So attribution goes to uh, uh, Pastor Edwin Parker, Pastor Edwin Parker. He uh, is pastor of the Church of Epiphany in Tampa, Florida. That's right here in my uh, backyard. And he entitles this, We Are All Going to Die. No, that is not panic. That is reality. We are all going to die of something sometime. Maybe due to the coronavirus next week or next year. Maybe due to cancer in six months or 60 years from now. Maybe because of a car accident, food poisoning, or getting swallowed by a giant python 10 minutes after reading this or hearing this. But no matter the cause of or the time, it is certain that we are all going to die. This statement is not one of grief, melancholy, or pessimism, just as certainly as it is not one of glee or giddiness. It is just a plain, simple fact. But the way the news reporters, the politicians, the people hoarding toilet paper, and even the Catholic bishops around the world and pastors are reacting to the spread of the coronavirus, you'd think inevitably death is a lie. And if only we do 
or refrain from doing X, our death can be averted. X is, of course, a variable that can be changed for just about any reason at any time. We can survive the coronavirus apocalypse if only we take your pick, A, impeach Trump, B, re-elect Trump, C, hide in a bunker, D, make everyone else hide in bunkers, E, cancel the NBA, March Madness, and NHL games, F, cancel masses, G, choose your own favorite magic X to insert here. However, it is only reason F that truly troubles me. Canceling church, canceling masses. As far as I'm concerned, F shows the hand of Satan and his demons. It's demonic. This is what they want. Let's get rid of the holy sacrifice of the mass. They cackle. Now, if you're Protestant, listen to the show. Insert church. Insert church services instead of mass. But I just want to quote um, uh, Pastor Paca directly here. So he continues. This is what they want. This is what evil wants. This is what the enemy wants. Let's get rid of the holy sacrifice of the mass, they cackle. That blessed son, Jesus, defeated us once when we got him put to death. And now he represents that perfect sacrificial offering, a tremendously humiliating defeat through the hands of his priest on a daily basis. We must find a way to put an end to it. We partially succeeded by making the people abandon the sacrifice when we watered down all of its glorious prayers, made all rubrics optional, turned it into an entertainment gig with the focus on priests and pastors and people rather than on him, Jesus, whose very name causes us to shudder and writhe in pain, and convinced bishops to train and ordain faithless and moral men who then clawed their own way to bishop's seats and diabolically perpetuated the cycle. But now we have a grand opportunity to rid the world, the kingdom where our dark prince rules, of this holy sacrifice for at least a while, even if not yet permanently. If we succeed this time in convincing the bishops to applaud and go along with our chosen politicians' mandates, to cease all religious functions at this time due to a scary coronavirus. The next time a new virus is manufactured by our evil communist puppets or even by natural mutation, they will all the more quickly acquiesce and soon our task will be accomplished. We have convinced those poor slobs that saving the body is much more important than saving the soul. Soon, very soon, those souls will be ours. And when their death, which they are convinced they will not face, inexorably occurs, we will torture them with every bit of pain they ran away from in the first place. And for all eternity, what perverted fun. The above monologue is just a figment of my imagination. Or is it? When AIDS was an epidemic, did our politicians and bishops our church, demand that religious services be repressed? How about when we face the hype-induced panic of mad cow disease, SARS, swine flu, avian flu, Zika, Ebola, or any others that right now escape my memory? All of those were bad. 
but nobody ever dreamed that they could get away with not only curtailing civil liberties, but also having people, including Catholic clergy and other religious leaders, willingly give up their spiritual sustenance their religious freedoms. And for what real purpose? Certainly not to save lives. If religious and civil leaders were interested in saving lives, they would forcefully preach against and immediately outlaw abortion and contraception. Let me repeat that, BC Nation. If religious and civil leaders were interested in saving lives right now, they would forcefully preach against and immediately outlaw abortion and contraception. Would they not? And clergy going along with such things as outlawing mass, even weddings and funerals? Have they no faith? In times past, it is true, the faithful priest and laity during plagues died in far greater numbers than the unfaithful. For they took care of the sick rather than isolate themselves in a sometimes successful attempt to save their own skin. But the eternal reward of dying? while caring for the dying, has no comparison to the damnable and eternal price of self-love in such circumstances. The faithful get together and pray, trusting in God and begging his forgiveness and mercy, even if it costs them their lives. The unfaithful hide and cower and find excuses to exclude both God and his most needy people from their lives in times of trouble, will today's priest, will today's pastors continue to celebrate the holy sacrifice of the Mass during this pandemic? Will they continue to hear confessions, even though the ones confessing are breathing directly into their faces just a few inches away? Or is the fear of bodily illness and death and earthly reprisals stronger than their fear of God? Pray for us to be true priests who will celebrate Mass and the sacraments for you, and like Tobias, Tobias, even bury you should you need it, even if when it becomes illegal. Finally, pray for our local bishop here in Tampa that he too may continue to care more about the eternal souls of his people than about their mortal bodies. bodies courageously living the gospel is his tagline rather than courageously <clears throat> living a bit long on earth without God with prayers for your holiness, Reverend Father Edwin Paca, BC nation. Are we so concerned with our bodies rather than our souls, our temporal existence here on planet earth? We're fearful. We're more fearful of dying, that we are fearful of our God. I encourage you, wake up. Wake up to what is happening right now. The gospel of fear is being preached across the world, and we're all eating it up. We're turning our backs on the merciful Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Holy be your name. We're losing trust. We're putting trust in the media and in our politicians and in the protocols and the mandates for health. And we're turning our back on our God, on our Father, outlawing church services.
to save our bodies rather than save our souls. If you look back at the great plagues in history, the one place you could count on, all the faithful could count on was the church. The church was the rock, Peter, that Jesus built his church on, the rock. It was the the stability in the times of terror and panic and pandemic fear, illness and plague. And it was the church that led processions around the churches worldwide and prayed for God the Father to spare the world. See, our Father in heaven has two choices right now. We've been disobeying his laws and his commands for years, for decades now, haven't we? We're disobedient children. And he has two choices because his justice and his mercy both are are welling up inside of him. And his choice is to let his wrath smite us out, to end us all, to finish us for our disobedience. We deserve it. We've been giving our Heavenly Father the middle finger for decades, saying, we don't need you. We don't want you. Get out of our lives. Get out of our schools. And yes, get out of our churches. We go to church to worship self, to be entertained. We don't go to church to worship him. We've turned our backs on the Father, and his, he has the choice to end us or to be merciful and purify us. Is this coronavirus a purification for the world? How wonderful, how merciful our God is. I was on the phone with my father and my dad uh, just the, yesterday, actually, and, and I said, Dad, what's this like for you, this whole virus and scare and everything? And he goes, son, isn't our Heavenly Father just so merciful? He's so merciful. He could end us right now, but instead he's purifying us. He's showing his great mercy. He's getting us to look up at him. He's getting our attention. He's showing us how futile our efforts are, how powerless we are. All the world leaders and great uh, successful entrepreneurs and multimillionaires and billionaires that we look up to and celebrities. And they, they say, we can be like gods. We don't need God. We can be like gods. We can have perfect knowledge. It's just a matter of time. Look at all that we've built with our great technology. We don't need God. Yet here we are, crumbled to our knees, not just as a nation, but as a planet as a human species, as children of God, whether in defiance or not, whether in disobedience or not, we are on our knees, humbled by our frailty right now, humbled by our lack of control. We have no control right now. It's clear. That's why we're all bunkering down in our houses. We're out of control. We're like little kids out of control. We've run wild for way too long. And our Heavenly Father is saying, children, wake up. How long do you think I'm going to hold back my justice? Do not take me for granted, for I am God. I created you. I created this entire world. Your existence I hold in my hands. Do not push me too far. You are not in control. I am. I am God, not you. 
So here we are. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? What do we do with our defiance to God? What do we do with our human frailty? What do we do with our lack of control? What do we do with our fear, our panic? All those emotions you may be feeling right now, overwhelming. What do you do with them? That's the question. I submit to you, hit your knees. Get quiet with your heavenly father. Ask him to forgive you. Get on the phone. Call others. Ask them to forgive you. Who's that person right now that you've been holding on to unforgiveness with? Who's that person that you haven't, you've been holding back forgiveness to, that you haven't forgiven? Who's the person that needs to hear you forgive them? You have a person in your life right now. Call them. Reach out to them. Message them. It goes something like this, the forgiveness conversation. I'm sorry I caused you that pain. I truly didn't mean it. I was hurt. I was broken myself. I'm so sorry. Would you be willing to forgive me? And then shut up and hand them your power. Hand them the control, the power to not forgive you or to forgive you. Be humble enough, but set them free. Set them free from the chains of unforgiveness. Set yourself free. Turn to your father in heaven. Ask him to set you free. Ask him for your forgiveness, for his forgiveness. And then third, there's three persons involved in every complete healing or forgiveness conversation. The person of God, the other person that you hurt or offended or hurt you or offended you. And then the third person is yourself. You got to, you got to, you must forgive yourself. Surrender the guilt and the shame of your past actions. Forgive yourself. When you forgive and ask for forgiveness from all three persons, full healing will happen. Then and only then can you experience God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Yes, even in, in these times of turmoil and trembling. So let us as a nation get humble. Let us as a people, as a human species, as children of God, get humble, hit our knees and plead with our heavenly father. Father, have mercy on us. Just like the prodigal son did in the Bible. Father, have mercy on me. I'm not even good to be called your son. Have mercy on me. And trust that the heavenly father not only will have mercy on us, but he will welcome us back and invite us back into his house, into the Father's house, into his family to celebrate us, to put a robe on you, to put a ring on your finger and sandals on your feet, to welcome you home. This is what the Father is waiting for. Do not make him chastise us. If you're a pastor or a priest, part of the clergy, and you serve God's people, God's children, I'd like to look you in the eye and speak right into your ear right now if you hear this message. Be courageous. Walk in the authority of God. When those around you, whether they be government officials or even your own bishop, tell you to do something that is in conflict with what God has told you to do in your vocation as a pastor, as a priest, who will you worship? Who will you obey, God or man? Choose. Be courageous. You are the shepherds. We are the sheep. We're looking to you. Guide us. Lead us. Do not forsake us. 
Do not buckle under pressure to save your own skin. Be courageous. Your heart already knows what you should do. I want to give a, a tactical and practical strategy for all you priests and pastors out there, whether you're Protestant or Catholic. I encourage you. Here's the, the thing to do. Do a procession around your church. And, and, and here's, I'm going to read right from uh, Bishop Strickland. He's the Bishop of Tyler, Texas. In his uh, Twitter post, he wrote, quote, I call on every Catholic priest, and I would add every Protestant pastor, to lead a simple procession around your church sometime before the Feast of St. Joseph, which is this March 19th, this Thursday, for repentance, Christ's healing hand on the coronavirus, and that all men and women may be godly, manly sons and daughters and disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to put add into the show notes a link um, to the actual procession prayers. If you need the prayers, uh, and it, it's a special one that the church has used in times of uh, epidemic and in times of plague, and God the Father held back His hand of wrath and justice and judgment, and instead chose mercy. And it's because people lined the streets. The church did processions. The popes walked around the church and did processions and led the people and prayed to our Heavenly Father to be merciful upon us, to spare us the epidemic and the plague. And God the Father did. So let us do what works. It's worked many times in the past. It will work again right now in 2020. So you can find it in the show notes. I'll give it to you here on, uh, with my spoken word as well. So you could go to holyspiritstanford.org forward slash 430. holyspiritstanford.org forward slash 430 to get the, the prayer itself, the procession in time of epide epidemic and plague. And this is the, the very thing so that you can follow. If you're a Protestant pastor, just take out some of the, the Catholic speak if that irritates you. But do this at your church. I invite you to do this. Be courageous. People, your people, your congregation are looking for true leadership right now. They're not looking for silence. They're not looking for you to go and, and duck and hide and tell them to duck and hide. That is not leadership. I have a three-word definition for leadership. It's very simple. You go first. You go first. You want to be the spiritual leader in your home, men? You go first. If your pastor, your priest, your church won't do a procession, then bring your kids out to the church and do a procession around the church. Teach them, lead them, be spiritual leaders of your home. Be spiritual leaders of your church. Be spiritual leaders of your community. You go first. Pastors, priests, bishops, deacons, cardinals, pope, you go first. Now is the time to humble our pride and our arrogance, to admit we're wrong, to admit we're broken. We don't have it all figured out. We do need God, and we're not him. So let's stop playing God in our own 
little universes, Y-O-U, you, your own universe. Stop playing God in it. Let's get humble to the only God, the one that created all the heavens and the earth, the one that can blot out this epidemic plague, this coronavirus. Our God is so much more powerful than this little petty thing. Yet we're buckled in fear to this thing. We're in fear to the, the, this little petty virus, but we're not in fear to the God of the universe. Something is wrong with that. Let's get humble with our Heavenly Father, BC Nation. I exhort you. Look in the show notes, get the link uh, to the procession uh, prayer in time of epidemic and in time of plague such as this, this coronavirus. Go uh, do the procession around your church, do a procession around your home that God will, will bless and protect you, your family, your church, your congregation. Do that this week. May God love you. I'll see you next week. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.